Hello and welcome back to the Burn Radio Games Cast. As always, I'm your host Ryan, and today I'm joined by my lovely cohort of co-hosts, Brett. Hello. Alex. Pleased to meet you. And a special edition PS5 version of Wyatt. Hello, this is me, but a bit more PS5. Yep, Wyatt's had some technical <laughs> issues with the computer, so now he is using Discord through his. Let's PS5 okay, okay. Let's be le- okay, but let's be more thorough here, Ryan. Yeah. I've had issues with my PC and my laptop at the same time. <laughs> Incredible! Your, your curse end. truly does astound. Yeah, so I am. I'm trying by the ghost of Tsushima. I mean, listen. It is a. It is a perfect. It is a perfect opportunity to try out the relatively new Discord feature on PS5. And it's both janky and straightforward at the same time. And it's very weird, but I guess it's working. (laughs) Sometimes that's all you need, you know? Sometimes all you need is for a thing to kind of work. Speaking of kind of working, we're going to talk about video games this episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like that's a running thread in modern games they that, that kind of works it's a yeah. running thre- it's it's a running thread in modern games why it's technical uh issues <laughs> you've been able mm-hmm. to get something to kind of work i mean listen this is a pretty jank setup i've got going on i'm using a wireless headphone to talk through discord which is technically going through my uh phone and i'm charging my headset with a battery bank so it's still plenty jank <laughs> All right, it's time for us to talk about some video game stuff. And we got a few fun things to talk about before we get fully into today's topic, which is what keeps you interested in the game? What, what will hook you from a trailer? What will keep you interested in seeing a game on a store page? Is there a thing that's going to break that and make you stop playing? How long are you going to keep playing it? So we're going to talk about all that. But first, got some other things to talk about, which is there was a Tears of the Kingdom trailer this week, and that's big, and, big deal. And it was, uh, it was rad. It was, it was really, very good. really, really good. <laughs> I don't, I don't hear... know how invested you two are in this, Brett and Alex. I, I'd say I, I've gotten more invested the, the more trailers have come out, which is, I, I, am, I am not immune to media and, and uh, Mercerdorf. That, that's good, too. <laughs> Mercerdorf is a good way of putting it. Yeah. We're getting we're getting a straight up Ganon again, and we even saw a look at his face, and yep, that is the most Ganon that we've gotten in quite some time. <laughs> most Ganon yeah, to I ever Ganon. Someone yep. someone posted a thing that like could like I, I assumed was meant to be read as a joke, like wow, we really haven't had uh, Link, Zelda, and Ganon in a game together for the last seventeen years, and I was like, that's really funny. Twilight Princess oh, really did come out that long ago. <laughs> yeah. That's horrifying. Oh, God. Really, really no. fucked up. <laughs> that was the yeah. last one to... Oh, God. Yeah. Well, that didn't even have Ganon some... in it. It had Demise. I am... So Twi- they didn't even have Ganon. Twilight Princess had... Oh, yeah. Twilight Princess. Wait, I'm thinking of Skyward Sword. Sword. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I am sorry. just dissolving into dust. <laughs> Incredible. Once more. <laughs> Yeah, uh, big things this trailer showed off is we saw hints of things that look like they're filling the role of what a dungeon or dungeons would be. I will, I will say those this. exactly are. I will say this. There's a lot of hints in there that's addressing things that both Ryan and I were talking about in the uh, Tears of the Kingdom wish list video that we yeah. put out not too long ago. Um, it looks like there's going to be some sort of like partner AI with the with the new like. Uh, champions which i am very excited about and i hope that's like more of an actual mechanic and not like a one-off mission 
that they use to show off in marketing because that would make me very sad if that was the case. <laughs> you yeah. know what it has to be now, Wyatt. No, no. I mean, it's definitely Listen. a one-off. I, I have zero hope that that is a thing that you can do in the open world, and if it happens, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, yep. We saw a lot of cool yep. underground stuff here. This is, I think, showing that, yeah, the underground sections of the game are going to be sizable and not just mm -hmm. little, and they're filling kind of a role of a dungeon-y thing. There's a cool, like, minecart chase sequence, which looks I, rad. I yeah. have never been happier to see something like that in a Legend of Zelda game since the uh, Phantom Hour... No, hang on, wait. Phantom Hourglass was the train one. No, that was the boat one. Nope, that was Spirit What's Tracks. The... Spirit Tracks. The train yeah. one is Spirit Tracks, yeah. Yeah, the one I... has a train name is the train game. I love trains in video games. <laughs> I love things that are like trains, like a minecart chase. I can't get enough of them. Fair enough. Well, Alex, you're going to be satisfied with minecart chases. Uh, there's a, a weird yeah. Death Star-looking thing in the sky. There's a bunch of other fun things. I, there's a bit where you're like, think... transporting a cart. I don't think, you, and you I could be moon, wrong. Ryan? <laughs> Okay, I don't. I could be wrong. I'm just gonna ignore that. I could be wrong, um, but I think I haven't seen a single shrine in any like wide shot that we've yeah. gotten of the map, and so they might have just yeah. done away with like shrines as we knew them in Breath of the Wild altogether, which I think people are either gonna really like that or really feel I, indifferent about it. <laughs> I mean, isn't it canonical that you know Link has done all of them? So what use is he gonna have to do any more shrines? Again, because they I were mean, I, used I to test his skills with the tools that he got, and we've seen that he's got. Yeah, new like we tools don't have the the narrative justification for shrines doesn't exist anymore. So, I, I mean, mean Shika technology though is so. No, I feel like Shika technology technology is so vague that they could get away with having new shrines. Not that that's what I'm saying that I want, but I'm saying well, like, that's they what could I, do so that I, if what they I really think is going to. to be the quote-unquote replacement for shrines i don't think they're going to do the exact same thing again if not they might just be like some new ones that replace the already existing ones uh but my theory would be that like the sky islands are going to replace the role of yeah. like, upgrading your health and stamina and whatnot instead of being shrine i hope it's more than that though stuff. i i hope it's more than just go to this one area to like improve this this personal thing though like i feel like i hope it's more explorative than that um who but knows? I mean, if that's I mean, what that's it's used for, we're, we don't know. So we'll see when the game comes out because I think this is the one of the last trailers, or actually the last trailer that they said they were going to have before launch. So, so who knows? Yeah. We'll, also, we'll see. Do you? It's a. It's neat that Link has a mullet. I I'm liking the armor that I'm really hyper focusing so in on specific things here, Alex. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's what I do. That's what I do as <laughs> someone oh, who's oh, we, no, 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 we love strange. it. We love it. Um. The other thing I wanted to point out was something, and then I completely lost my train of thought. So, isn't yeah. that lovely? I'm sorry, <laughs> no. was it because of the mullet? I, I think that kind of threw me off, unfortunately. I'm really yeah. glad that you said it, but what it did shame. kind of throw me off a little bit. I'm sorry. Damn. Um, it looks like one thing that I wanted in the wishlist video, uh, and it seems like we're getting, is that Hyrule is actually like um it's expanding more like there it looks like there's going to be like towns and towns that are like in the middle of being constructed or like little outposts and stuff and i really really hope you can contribute to these in some way like in Terrytown, and like and like build more uh little towns and stuff around the world it's like the one thing that i would love and that i was asking for 
in that wishlist video, and it seems like we're getting it in some kind of capacity. Maybe you're, you're not going to be contributing to them, but it'll just be nice to see more people walking around. Yeah, there is, uh, as I like hyper-focus in on this trailer, looking back through it here to see if we missed anything, I did actually successfully find a thing we missed that I think I haven't actually heard other people talk about either. There's a shot of Link on a horse twirling a spear going through the battlefield of where in the first game there's like a ton of guardians everywhere. Uh, and here it looks like there is a ton of townsfolk fighting a bunch of yeah. mobs. So it's like a, a large-scale battle almost, which is very cool. I also did see there's a couple of instances where you see like enemy mobs fighting each other. Which we got a little bit of in Breath of the Wild, but I feel like they could have really expanded on, and so I'm I'm kind of happy to see that. Yeah, that's my love. Um, maybe me, me more prominent because they did a really good job of that. I was I've been replaying um, Fallen Order recently, and they do that really really well. Well, they'll have like stormtroopers fight the local inhabitants of whatever planet you're on, and it's always so cool to walk into what feels like the middle of a fight, and then you, you can either decide to like engage and just cause maximum chaos, or just sit back and let them deal with it and it's just it's such an interesting thing that i feel like not enough especially not enough open world games really do enough of yep all right i think uh general thoughts all of us are at least all of us that are already interested I, in tears of the kingdom i, yeah. I think you're feeling a little bit yeah. more reassured i do i do have one question though um do you i know that for some people I, I was reading this online some people feel like it showed too much do you feel like it showed too much or it was just the right amount I saw a lot of questions. I don't know how I would connect any of what I just saw to a story. Yeah. So I'm fine. Well, people are, well, for, for people who felt like it was showing off too much gameplay and there isn't enough mystery anymore. Because that was one thing that Breath of the Wild we had. We already played the first no game. Really knew. Like, no, <laughs> no, and that's what I'm saying. No, like, I, what I'm saying is... Stuff. I think those people yeah. are wrong. Like, <laughs> those people are... Uh, maybe a little too sensitive to spoilers, and hey, the only, you can ignore them. You can just not. The watch only the video. new fusing thing. The only new fusing thing that we saw was that uh, there was a a, a shield that was fused to a sword, and it looked like it maybe it was like a bigger parry window or something. I'm, it's not super clear what it does, but that was kind of cool. And that's it. In terms of like fusing, that's the only really crazy new thing that we've seen. So I think it's fine. Yeah, I I don't see. <laughs> that complaint really having a presence here, but I do see it having a presence in another game that was shown off this week that we're going to talk about, uh, which is how I transitioned us to talking about Final Fantasy 16, uh, uh, which showed a lot, maybe too much. <laughs> I, I haven't seen lot. it yet. Should I just not watch it? I, I am interested in playing it. Should I just not watch it? Uh, I, I would it too much. I would watch the first like 18 minutes and then just tune out. You know, it's also... Okay. It's a big reveal. I, I think it's more... They just show so much of the like big boss fights at the end that I... I don't know. I trust this marketing team because I think it's the same team behind Endwalker for FF14, which felt the same going into Endwalker. We felt like we saw too much. But once you played Endwalker, you realize they only actually ever showed the first third of the game. <laughs> It felt like a lot at the time, but in but in the grand scheme of things, it really wasn't. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel that's like like mechanically, if if you haven't been paying attention to Final Fantasy 16 at all, you might be extremely surprised for them to show so much footage of the summon of summons being able to fight each other in gigantic 
cinematic beat em up battles. Uh, but they've talked about that a lot. They showed a little bit about that before. And they only really show you fighting, like, three things. And Final Fantasy games have a lot more than three bosses, usually. Oh, so they showed you fighting probably... a lot more than three things, bro. They really didn't. <laughs> they they showed you fighting as... Twice. They they showed you fighting as a bunch of different things, but like I mean they show you things they showed you fighting things that you'd expect to fight. They show you fighting uh, Bahamut. They show you fighting as. All right, I'm gonna, daily... I'm gonna send a warning here to anyone who doesn't want this information that we're gonna spoil a bunch of the icon fights in this game about right now. So if, if you've played a Final Fantasy chance. game, you don't have a lot to worry about because there there <laughs> things in every Final Fantasy game. Uh, but yeah, if you're gonna if you if you're that worried, then now's now's the time, I guess. Yeah, now's the time uh, to to leave. Yeah, but they 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 show you fighting as as playing as uh, Phoenix and Ifrit, right? With swarm Both of missiles, which are very different and very cool, and the fights play out totally differently, which I think is rad. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I I feel like because they 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 talk about the story taking place over three different periods of time. In the guy's life, I can't even remember his name. Just Final Fantasy. He, he just Clive. looks like Final he's, Fantasy he's, 14, man. Final Fantasy as white man, Clive. Yeah. Uh, also, oh my god, the, the boss fight where you're running up that stone tentacle. Yeah, so yes, yeah, for, this for is where we're going to go through the, uh, the fights that they show. Just because, Brett, you've said a number, which means I have to prove you wrong. Because it just didn't feel like too much. Really they show didn't. you Living Flame, they show you Barnabas, they then show you the Infernal Icon, then the Icon of Fire, which are probably the same thing, but who knows. Uh, then there's Garuda, then you get Bahamut, then you get Titan, then you get uh, Bahamut again, but with a different fight. Then you get Typhon, which is the weird one that might be a spoiler, and then you get the Lost Titan, which is probably also a spoiler for something in the endgame, but who knows. Because they, it could also, this could be the start of the game. We don't know, but yeah, because it's it, a lot. like to me, it felt like maybe a little too much. But relative to Final Fantasy, like in Final Fantasy twelve, you probably fight that many bosses in the first like under ten hours of the game. Oh. It, yeah, but if I'm Final thinking Fantasy, of like newer Final Fantasies, I feel like that's how about how many bosses are in the whole game. Like in terms of. Maybe like an additional three or four, but that feels like a significant chunk of the full boss roster. For this, I, mean, I, I, I guess my assumption is I, it's I, not. Like I'm assuming this yeah. game is going to be a little bit bigger than we think it is. But at the same time, uh, yeah, they, nothing they've said implies that. But only they're showing so much of it that I feel like they have to be hiding something. Yeah, because they they're only they only showed us like a section of the the world map. Uh. Which I, I feel like could be as expansive as they want to be, because uh, it's not like a like a classic mm -hmm. Final Fantasy world map that'll never happen again, where you can walk around and like a, like a little chibi character. It's an FF twelve world or whatever. World map is what it's this yeah, is. it's it's a yeah. twelve map. It's a it's a very straight like every every game in like the PS two era that didn't have the budget to be a Final Fantasy game would just use this as a shortcut instead to still have an overworld, but you'd only be able to pick certain points. Uh, what I'm really looks... excited about this is that I think the areas they showed all looked expansive and very well mm -hmm. made. Like these d and did not look too. like small FF10 corridors. They looked like very sizable, large spaces that had very unique yeah. art styles. And I think they're using the world map as a way to show a very different set of like architecture and environments across the game, Speaking. rather than being. Yeah. 
Speaking of architecture in the world map, you know what I saw on there? There, there was a uh, there was a railway line connecting two cities at least. Could also mm. be an aqueduct. We don't know if it's a railway uh-huh. line. It could be an aqueduct. Because I, I do think I, what you marked as a railway line is like a line along the map, but there is nothing in this trailer that leads me to believe trains are a technology that exists. Then again, this is Final Fantasy, and I could totally believe they're going to pull out there's a train in this weird Game of thrones it, world. It does Listen, It does feel a lot more you know, Game of Thrones time high magic stuff instead of the technology. But it, it was it was ten Final Fantasy games ago where you could suplex a train. So it's it's about time <laughs> they let you do that again. It's about time that you suplex a train again. I mean, yeah, it, it, Wyatt, you think I'm joking? I'm not. You can. No, uh, I don't think you're kidding. I just think what you said is the most the absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> they made it even better. Now the train flips upside down. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You know, like it's supposed to when you suplex a train. Yeah, I mean. Why wouldn't you believe that? And I also, one thing I want to point out with this is this footage all looks amazing. Like, all the visuals here look very good. And I just got to bring us back to Forspoken for a second and go, Yep, I was going to What? the same. Oh, boy. What happened? Why is this like this and Forspoken was like that? I don't get it. I don't know. How is this the same, like, obviously not the same one-to-one development team, obviously, but, like, the same, like, publishing company parent studio like you have such artful use of particle effects that look great and only add to a spell or an impact of something that look like really they look fantastic like everything looks like it hits super hard because there's sparks flying out from every flame shot and all like the lightning it's crazy looking and you look at for spoken it's just like every time particle effects happen it's like a flashbang goes off in the room and you're just blind. The, the way I would <laughs> not know the difference here is that like there's a ton of particle f- effects going on in FF16, but I can still read everything that's happening on the screen. Yeah. And in Forspoken, you approach the point of just I can't tell what's going on so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like you use one spell that makes a big AoE around you and it just stays there and the camera gets in the wrong position. You can't see what's going on. Whereas this it felt like I understood what this gameplay was showing the entire time. I didn't feel confused as, as to what I was looking at. And I think that doesn't speak for everyone. I do think a lot of people did like vocalize that they still don't understand how this game works. But I think that's less of a problem with the presentation of the game and more just like, this is like a not super common gameplay style. And so if you haven't played a game like this, I think it's going to be harder to get from the outset. And I don't know what they would do to make that. I, the way to learn it is just to play it. So I would yeah. say this is going to be like, if if an action combat Final Fantasy sounds good to you, play this, and you'll get a grasp on it pretty quick. Because this looks almost exactly like a like Devil May Cry mixed with something like a Tales uh, mm-hmm. combat system, which is exactly what I want from this. That seems perfect. And I love that certain like finishing moves and like big attacks you have have like a little timed button press and things that actually have like. Your big rocket fist has a like hold down the button, release yeah. it at the right time, which I love. Give me some weird wacky controls. Yeah, I, I think everything that was shown here looks really good. The gameplay looks solid. Uh, I think the animations are phenomenal. I don't think I've seen combat animations this good in a long time. It just looks so good. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to play this. Uh, and there's lots of curiosities going around as to what the rest of this game is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Also, you get a dog. You get a dog buddy, which I didn't know. And apparently they talked about that before, and I just didn't know it. It's cool. 
Just an you can, internalized like, give direct hug. commands to it too. That's fun. And give treats to it. Yeah, you can Very give him treats. What a, what a good boy. You can't go wrong with a little dog companion. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's it is. Is literally just a it's it's just a tales of game now. It's just like Vesperia because you you have have a dog, you, you play a guy. It's the same game. Yeah, you play a guy and you have a dog. That's the whole game. Mm -hmm. Oh my same god, game. are you telling me that Fallout Four is a tales of game? Same game. <laughs> I mean, when you get when you get down to it, like let's be honest, guys, it's the same. Um, my my dad probably would think they're all the same game. So you know what? They might as well be the same game. And that's, yeah. and that's saying a lot. Now, I also want to shout out two sp special features they showed in this trailer that have particularly me and probably nobody else excited, which is that they have a lore historian man who has a, a neat little 8-bit animation when you open his lore book, mm. and then you get to browse all the lore, and if you don't care about it, you never have to look at it. If you're interested, there's every bit of lore you could possibly want, and I'm going to uh, end up reading this whole thing, almost certainly. <laughs> um, there's also the woman who has, like, flow charts of relationships and even better battle maps and army plans of the different armies at different times in whatever war is going on. Oh my which god. Which is incredible. I love That's how cool awesome. this looks. Uh, it, it reminds me a lot of like what Fire Emblem games do between missions and they show you like the battle movements and the map but as a thing that you can just access anytime which is super fun. Uh, I love that this is in the game and I think it's a very good way to have this information be available and that way people can look at it and People who don't care don't have to. <laughs> I think is a good way I, to and I think, it. I think what's really important when you have a game that really like shows you its lore this way, like in a really engaging mm -hmm. way, or just in a really in-depth way, I think it just really shows the community that your game has or your franchise has when you're making your lore so readily yep. in your, mm -hmm. your content. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also think that we, we did see one special thing here of like these moments where it goes into like kind of a QT-ish animation thing are called cinematic clashes. And those seem to be happening in basically every boss fight and I'm very excited for that. I know a lot of people probably are going to hate that, but I think it looks really cool when your character they gets cope. jumped by a, a cool assassin in midair mm -hmm. and you have to do like, you have to tap the button to not get stabbed. I think that's fun. I, I quite like that. Uh, I think a lot of people don't though, so we'll see. <laughs> the reaction is to these who knows okay any other thoughts on final fantasy 16 uh don't know much about it but i i kind of want to play it <laughs> looks very fun is, that's kind of what i'm at take. yeah that's where i still at. don't I'm know anything about this a hot take i am more i am more interested in it now after playing seven remake i'll, I'll put it that way because i think that was announced uh before I played Seven Remake, and I was like, ah, it's Final Fantasy, whatever. And then I played Seven Remake, and I'm like, okay. Okay. That's... I also will note, more fully different now. development team from Seven Remake. Oh, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I just, it's it's a, like, Final Fantasy to me was like a series where I heard the name, and I was like, okay, that's a thing that exists. I understand that it's a long-running, well-respected franchise. It was like Sonic, you know, but... it's a thing that exists, but not a thing you cared about. Exactly. And now I played Seven, I'm like, all right, I... I am more interested when I hear the words final and fantasy put together in that order. Yep. I, I what raise about an eyebrow now. What if you hear fantasy final? Are you into that? Mm, not you, you lost me. All right. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> 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 All right. Last few bits of 
news-ish things before we move on. The Last of Us PC port sucks. It's really bad. Oh, uh, it's awful. It's they, they had a bunch of lofty promises, like it was going to be Steam Deck verified and all that. Nope, none of that happened. Uh, it doesn't run well. Still runs very badly. Clearly rushed it's out dog to coincide with the TV show. Wish they hadn't yep. done that. <laughs> That's a, a bad play. Um, I also do want to briefly mention Minecraft Legends reviews and whatnot have come out. The game is not out yet as of the recording of this podcast. We can't play it. But it seems way more positive than I think I was expecting for the unknown Minecraft game. The one that even the developers had somewhat of a difficult time trying to explain. (laughs) Yeah. I think the running thread in a lot of the reviews that I looked at were that it the way that the game plays it makes sense why they had difficulty explaining it like it's not a thing that is like a lot of other things and what i also didn't yeah. realize is the devs of this yeah. game are bohemia interactive and their incubation team um, yeah who have done some really good uh games so i am very excited to see that uh and see this take on like a minecraft strategy game or blackbird interactive not bohemia interactive ah. uh they they have done for reference most of the homeworld remakes and cool homeworld stuff uh as well as hard space shipbreaker which is a very popular game right now so lots of fun stuff under their belt and i'm excited to see this minecraft version of things all right that's it that's the game stuff unless anyone else has a thing that they were dying to mention we're gonna move on great no nobody spoke up so we're moving on <laughs> It's time <laughs> to uh, talk about going into our games discussion of what, what makes you buy into a game. And I think a good place to start here is going to be trailers, because we've been talking about trailers today. We've, we've got a lot of trailers to talk about. And so when you see a game trailer, what's what actually would convince you to play a game in a trailer? What would be the thing that goes, oh, this is going to be like an Alex game. This is going to be a Brett game. Is there a, th- a thing that you see? Is there a mechanic you look for? Is there an art style you particularly like? What's the, the hook for you? Dodge roll. Dodge roll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I can tell you what it's not going to be. Uh, and that's a story because I've been burned enough times by a story being alluded to in a trailer and the game comes out. And it's like a it's like a totally different team of people wrote the game, and it's nothing like the trailer for the game at all. Uh, so I don't look for that anymore, because uh, Destiny and Halo Five came out. Not gonna get tricked again ever. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a very very unfortunate truth. But I think also you know for a lot of things, uh, you should show so little of your narrative in a trailer anyway that that really shouldn't be what you're planning to hook people in with to begin with for a game because if you're trying I, to not to spoil people like you shouldn't show them the interesting parts you know you can sell them on like the premise but not the execution yeah. right like you can't Which show it's a, a different that thing that you're selling like, well. to, to show to, yeah, to use one of the um to, to use one of the big things and you know back with bungie and destiny again you know um showing Cade's death for yeah. for, for yeah. Yeah. It's like a why put that in the trailer? Like, what? Who is that gonna convince to play this yeah. expansion? Well, it's like it's like you oh, couldn't think of the anything funny man. else. The game isn't funny anymore. The one with oh. with with the one with the with the personality and like the 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 likability. Yeah. Huh. 
Well, my it's also that, like what? specific trailers. Like they showed the character that people care about getting killed off, but the people that care about that character are already gonna buy it. Like they're not. Yeah. They're but not the ones care about that character. Care buy. about more than him in the game. Well, also if... that. I mean that expansion had so many other things going for it. You you couldn't think of anything else to hook in players with, like at all. <laughs> which which is which is the big problem because in that specific instance, uh, I already had not played destiny 2 like at all but i was like i i was just of the mindset like okay they just like showed me the most interesting narrative thing they were willing to do and i don't have faith in them to think of anything else so i guess they just showed me the one thing they did trying to grab me with shock value and it did not work because <laughs> i was like man funny man's gone oh well i i don't know there's some really fun stuff with curses in the late game for uh year two not a trailer it, but... Yeah, the, the, the late game for year two isn't in the game anymore. <laughs> yeah, also not in the game anymore. <laughs> you can't sell a seasonal narrative as a box product. Like it's not a a thing that you can do. The seasonal narrative is which is already in, which is kind of what they were hoping to do for Lightfall. Yeah, I was about to bring year. up Lightfall because I think, and I'm not a person that thinks Lightfall is a, a bad thing. Like I don't feel bad that I bought Lightfall, but I do think if you went bought into Lightfall on the permissive story, which is how the marketing sold it. Yeah. Like, this is, I think, the very clear thing. is like This to me is the same problem that specific Last of Us Part Two trailers had, where the marketing sold me on a part of the game that is not in the game, and that just means once I hit that point, I've now soured my opinion of the studio, right? Like, it's not... Yeah, I bought the thing, but now I just have a worse opinion of the studio because of the way the marketing mm -hmm. ha was handled. And I think that's a, a thing of, like, marketing trailers and whatnot are not indicative of, like, the quality of a narrative or something. They're indicative of the quality of the marketing team. Because uh, fully, they are not the same people making these decisions, so... Yeah, like, how good of they are... Yeah, like, how good they are at lying. Yeah, Destiny 2's marketing team, <laughs> impeccable. So good at what they do. Man, I feel lied to <laughs> <laughs> I, Naughty Dog, and with Last of Us 2, it was, they were in a really tough position in the sense that I totally get that they wanted to keep the twist that they had a secret. I think they went too far with it, but I, I understand they why they dangled it in front of our did. faces in a way that then just made it feel mean rather than yeah. feel oh. like Well, also, also ex like, not just with the trailers, but also excluding, t like, half the game for, like reviewers couldn't even talk about half of the game, which was such an important part of the game. Yeah, and it's like we got to keep this whole thing a secret, and I completely understand that, especially for a game that's so narrative heavy. But like, you can't—they—they they went too far in a few places. George Lucas would say. <laughs> yeah, but what's uh, we we went off the rails there into the negative. What where's the positive spin on these things? Like, what's something that would would I mean, actually? I think you? I think I think I, we I have was two artists here that would love to talk about this. But I think art style is like the yeah. first thing. Yes. Um, yeah. When it no, oh, you go. It was your thing you brought up. Huh? <laughs> no, I was about I to. I mean, I mean, listen. If, if the actual <laughs> artists in the room want to take over, please do. I don't mind. Um, but I think, you know, I think most of us are, are kind of getting over brown town shooters. We want to see something with mm. a bit of color. And, gotta get out of brown know, you town. Got, you got something like Ghost of Tsushima, where I feel like every single time that game was, like, shown off, it started off with, like, a couple minutes of just, like, vibes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Of just, like, pure atmosphere with, like, some crazy, like, 
saturated colors and like tall leaves or tall grass just kind of waving in the wind because it's a great hook. They got a great look and they know that you got you to gotta flex that in your marketing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that goes hand in hand with like, like not necessarily weird, but just like interesting music choices because I feel like your music soundtrack and your artistic style you should blend together in a video game or anything that has both of those. I would assume that you should probably be going to to make those blend and complement each other. But like that's that's why a lot of like double uh, A AA or like indie games are super interesting because you're not just being shown like. That's a that's an almost real guy until he moves around and you see that his like pores are too big, therefore he must be CGI and now it's just oh. playing like Hollywood movie music. Okay, this is a game that will be forgotten about in five years. But then you get some <laughs> weird, crazy, like super loud, colorful art style with like a wacky ass setting with like rainbow trees or something, and the music is just you could tell that this was composed by like one guy who is just insane. Uh, like that vibe for a trailer, even if it's like five seconds, it's like okay, I'm interested, uh, and I'm gonna wish list it on Steam right now, or like keep it in the back of my head because those visuals are crazy enough for me to remember yeah. it. Yeah, I think definitely the the words that that come to me when you know I'm thinking about art style for for the game is definitely um, I oh I was I was trying to relate this back to to world building, but it's much more of an uh got a hair in my mouth um like a um ambiance that's the word i'm yeah. losing my mind uh, and you know it's yeah absolutely it's staying power um, I, I think a lot of it is that, like just for art style vibes just get the vibes right yeah do you remember ryan we talked about this uh when biomutant was coming out they had this yes. weird trailer that was basically just like a mood board for the for the game like a like a video mood board i don't know how else to describe it it's i really haven't seen anything like it since and that that's was the trailer like... that made me super interested in the game because it was yeah and then i the think game the combat <laughs> looked okay but the and even then i think this is the aspect of biomutant that has held up very well even under heavy scrutiny is the style of it yeah like, it looks impressive and it looks unique and i think it's a a game that yeah. holds up visually a lot better than it holds up in any other regard. <laughs> uh, and I think that shows that, like, yeah, there was passion behind that project. It just maybe didn't all come together the way that they wanted it to. Yeah. yeah Overabundance of good ideas. Art style. I think art style is a, a big sell for things. And I think the thing for me is I've hit the point now where I've played so many realistic games that I look for anything that isn't. Like yes, anything <laughs> that is high budget that isn't, uh, if I if I see a unique and interesting art style, I'm likely to grab it. Not to say that I I hate art styles that are like realistic, but I think it's just so much of especially AAA is like that that I actively look mm -hmm. for things that aren't. Uh, and that doesn't mean like it needs to look cartoony or something, but I think it means like have a flair to it. Like Sifu, I think is a really good example yeah. of a game that has a really unique visual flair. Um. And just a, a very cool style. Same with like Infamous, I think is a pretty good example of how to make a brown town type game actually look really interesting, and just yeah. use light in interesting ways and have cool the, the things happen. I, I think the twenty tens grunge style. Yeah, I think the, the thing that people miss with brown town games is that I feel like if you're gonna have a world that's kind of desaturated and 
lacks color is that it has to help accentuate something else right yeah like part yeah. of what worked yeah. about infamous was because especially the earlier games it's like yeah brown town but you've got all this crazy cool electricity stuff going on and it just kind of emphasizes your power more and so it worked really really well there um but you know if you have brown town and you're just shooting guys with modern guns or whatever you're not really accentuating it it just looks boring yep. and it's not helping emphasize mm -hmm. it yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. Uh, and I also think there's been like some really clear examples of AAA devs starting to break that trend and bucket a little bit. I think FF16 is a good example. Tears of the Kingdom Fantastic is a good example. example. Uh, FF16 has a more realistic art style than most Final Fantasy games, but it still has this huge amount of like visual flair and Final Fantasy stuff in this like Eastern European inspired Final Fantasy game. Like it doesn't yeah. commit so hard to the typical medieval fantasy that it isn't willing to do cool final fantasy things uh, i think resident evil 4 remake is a good example of the same thing as well of like that game really? looks hyper realistic it's a very realistic looking game I, maybe the characters can look a little unrealistic because they have wacky hair but that's about it uh i do think that game just stands out because it looks brown and gray and dull a lot of the time but that's then accentuated by the crazy things coming at you and the way that the characters look and the lighting in that game is so so good everywhere yeah uh, that's yeah. just the kind of best version of that that it can be or i mean another example let's go more extreme let's go a game that's all black and white except for one thing does anyone remember the wii game called mad world oh yeah yes mad world completely vaguely. completely black and white except for one thing the blood and the insane amounts of blood in that game and it being black and white was perfect because they're like this is a bloody gory disgusting video game and we're gonna show wii. off every yeah exactly and that was the other thing it's like yeah we're a wii game and we have blood in it what 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 about it what of it yeah mad world was so pretty it was, wild it was perfect it was a very creative yeah. game i i think another thing with looking for for the the more style is artistic styles in, in video games is it's it's more likely in in this day and age that when we're recording the podcast that an actual artist has worked on it and put you know mm -hmm. soul and thought into it instead of an insanely automated over automated process with ai doing everything yeah 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 i think it's just as long as you can in your product have passion shine through people are going to notice it and be happy with that in some degree. Not everyone will. Like, Plenty of people are going to see the cool gameplay of your great game and go, oh, that looks boring and stupid. But that's not your target audience, so why do you care? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and then they're going to go and play like COD. Let's or them go play they something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They don't need to, you don't need to be, appeal to everybody. Um, and don't feel bad when people say that because they're probably wrong. I think this is often the case of like, just they wouldn't have interested them to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, and I, I think, to me, the thing that'll really sell me, especially in a trailer, is if you can show me a way that the game does something that I've seen in other games but different, that's yeah. a strong sell to me of, like, the designers understand other games and understand how to work around things that might have been problems. Like, I think Breath of the Wild uh, had a problem with durability, and we all had multiple discussions about how to fix that problem and, like, ways that you could... And when Tears of the Kingdom's trailer rolls around and shows us how they went about fixing that problem, it's a way that none of us thought of. Uh, none of us came close to imagining that this would be the way it's, that they it's, solve this problem. Like, fusing is a thing that 
convinces me of so much because it's a mechanic that I don't think anyone could have thought of. Like, it's legitimately the most nin- predicted. It's the most Nintendo move ever. Instead of fixing a problem... Well, they fix a problem, but with the most backwards, weird... <laughs> not backwards, but just completely out of left field way that no one else was expecting. Because <laughs> well, I think everyone just like gave up on the idea that, idea that they could fix the problem without just like doing something really simple, like making you have five times the durability or no durability or something. And now it's yeah. like, no, the durability is the same, but you can now fuse things and then that gets you back the durability. And now you can do more crazy things with it. Like that to me feels like a much more interesting take on the same concept. And yeah, yeah. I, and I, I and love it's, where they went with that. And it's a good, it, it's a good solution in some ways too, because I think, as I said, I actually like durability the way it is in the early game. I think it just becomes a problem in like the, the kind of, you know, mid to late game. Right. And fusing, yeah. I feel like is, is a perfect middle ground of like, oh no, you can still have that like stressful uh, sort of system in the game, but we have a solution for you later on, and you just have to get more creative. It's a great solution. Yeah. On the topic of gameplay, um, here's a big thing for me. You show us gameplay nice and early. No, like, three or four CG trailers beforehand that doesn't show anything other than, like, Maybe like the art style and maybe some like character stuff. I want to see gameplay as early as humanly possible. If I don't see it within your first couple of of like pieces of marketing material, I get way less interested. Yeah, and at the only time that this like is broken is if like I feel like the only way to get around that is that you need to be like a super crazy trusted company. And, like, also have a trailer that shows, like, all things that you can do in the game and not be, like, so overly mm, cinematic yeah. where it's, like, they just wanted to make a short movie. Uh, or be Kojima. Game is just going to be in the same setting. Well, <laughs> that falls under trusted developer, I think. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think the, the only... Sorry, keep going. The the, the thing that I, that I was thinking about, because uh, something got leaked about today... Uh, that fills the same because the, the reason you want to see gameplay is like these are the things that I can do in the game and if I see yeah. something that I can do that I like I don't want to play the game because I want to be able to do that it's super very very simple super like that is distilled down to its simplest things that's why trailers for games exist uh, but we have lost that so much uh, but uh, after after watching the the armored core fires of rubicon trailer so many times that i can see it when i close my eyes it's all those things that they show okay yeah they look cool but they're also like oh there's this kind of weapon in the game there's part breaking in the game you could pull a weapon off your back in the game you can use this kind of part in the game which you couldn't in the last few games like you can like if in your cinematic trailer because your game is is too early on in development or not ready to show like gameplay or whatever if you show things you can do in the trailer, like right front and center of the screen, if you pay attention, you've are great. That's that is that is another good way to do that. It requires like the person watching to think about it for a second, uh, which you know, to be fair, it's not going to happen very often because a lot of people just see cinematic trailer and go, okay, it's just a cinematic. I guess this doesn't matter. Um, but it, it it is possible to make a cinematic trailer that shows the things that you could do and be like, oh, I can do that. And the camera isn't zooming in and 
flopping around all over the place and showing me all the the wacky, awesome Z-level celebrities that are going to be in Crime Boss Rocky City for me to talk to. <laughs> uh, these are things I could do in the game. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a I, really good way to put it. And while we're also putting out examples, like good examples of this, I always come back to these. I feel like it's done quickly. The God of War reveal, uh, God of War 2018 reveal, mm -hmm. and the Guardians of the Galaxy reveal. I feel like mm -hmm. if you're, listen, if you're releasing a big AAA game and you want to know how to reveal your game to an audience, that's how you do it, right? Because they had gameplay right off the bat. Like yeah. maybe they had like a like a like one cinematic trailer, right, to kind of show off maybe the story, the the art style, the premise, that sort of thing. But they got right into it, no BS, and and it's just it's way more exciting that way. And God of War, you have the best of both worlds. You have this gorgeous looking cinematic, and then oh holy crap, that was just leading right up yeah. to gameplay, and it was because a seamless transition. Is so cinematic. Yeah. The game itself is super cinematic, and it also has that seamless, you know, one-shot camera throughout the entire game. It was a great example of that. And it was revealed that it was a God of War game. There were so many things that they just dropped on you in a matter of seconds. Not only is this a new PlayStation, you know, AAA franchise, not only are you seeing gameplay right away, but it's one that you recognize and love and that is coming back. And it just it just blew everyone's mind. The 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 reaction to to that if you can find a video where you get people's reaction to that it is insane people went crazy for good reason because it, in my opinion it's perfectly executed yeah uh i also think there's a good example of how that can go wrong um and i'm curious if you all will agree with me it's the initial reveal like gameplay reveals they called it for uh sinuous saga 2 or hellblade 2 um, oh god <laughs> because it, that was pitched as a gameplay reveal or shown as a gameplay reveal but there was never any ui which the game will probably yeah. not have a lot of ui like i think that's a safe assumption yeah but it there was no point in that trailer where, like there was a point where maybe i would see like one or two seconds of things that look like they could be gameplay and then the rest looked like a thing that wouldn't be fun to play and was like it, a rough take on what god of war does and yeah i i think that's a moment of word going for that yeah. style kind of breaks it felt like 90 percent cutscene and maybe 10 percent actual like player input. and if there's more player input than that in that trailer in that reveal then it like you said it wouldn't have been very fun to control in the first place because i think the most amount of like interaction that there was like you pick up a controller and you actually do things is some walking around and i think you threw like a javelin a times uh, yeah. like a big spear looking thing and that's it and it's, if that's all that you've got for gameplay and then we don't hear anything about your game for another you know two three years or whatever not a lot to go off of <laughs> yeah i think that's kind of the example of when that doesn't work um yeah all right well that, we talked a lot about situation trailers. yeah that's a situation where i feel like uh, there isn't a lot to show off but Big Dad Microsoft says we have to show something off. Uh, I don't know. Let's we do gotta that show that. a gameplay reveal now, so we <laughs> yeah. put some gameplay together. <laughs> yeah. The uh, feeling that I got from that. Um, okay, so we've talked a lot about trailers, and I think a lot of what we've talked about will translate into games of like art style is still a sell. Our, all this stuff is still sells for the games that you're playing. But 
when you are in a game that you've picked up because of one of these things, what's something that will break you out of it and make you go like, oh, maybe this isn't so... I'm not enjoying myself as much as I thought I would. I'm not having as good of a time as I had predicted. Uh, is there like a like, thing that happens that will pull you out of it? I feel like this is a very obvious one, but it, it's obvious because it's so important. Controls. Yep. Yeah, definitely. That's good. I sometimes uh like if a game is like well oftentimes if a game is like older especially it's like okay if the controls are bad like I, I I'm using them on on the older controller that they were intended to so the controls aren't as bad as they sound or whatever they're weird but they work but like you know if if a game comes out that's like it say it's just like your bog standard FPS and it comes out today and somehow it does not control like a modern FPS game should. That's I, points for creativity, I guess, but they control that way for a reason. That's because it works really well, <laughs> and certain, I feel like that's a that's a a very Eurojank uh, staple when you 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 play a, a strangely budgeted game from like just that region of the world, like mid two thousands especially, uh, and it just does not control as it should, and it feels mm -hmm. very strange. Like the the rest of the game has to be very strong for you to to push like past that and, and learn them and keep going with it yeah like tank controls in a third person action game <laughs> well that's because those games are older and now it's because they thought that was new. legitimately good and it <laughs> yes. you know maybe they just managed to gaslight all of us into agreeing with them for a little <laughs> while they gaslit me <laughs> i agree with them yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think controls are a really good pick here. I think that, to me, is honestly the biggest reason beyond the, you know, maybe uh, biggest reason is probably selling this far because I'm about to talk about Forspoken. But I think <laughs> that, to me, is a very large part of why I my interest to in that fully died after playing the demo is, man, the controls in that game just do not feel good enough to be that fast-paced. Like... That control yeah. scheme technically works, but it just doesn't work in a way that feels good. Like, there was no moment playing it where I felt like it, I was not fighting the controls to do things. And the thing is, like, I feel like there were easy fixes to that. I think you could just remap the control scheme and it would feel so much better. But they were not built by people that seemed to have human hands. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't feel like that. Um... One of the things that really gets me, and yeah, unfortunately this this takes a lot of time playing the game for you know you to realize it's still happening, is is when you're still getting tutorials like three quarters of the way through the game for for, for new things when when you're overloaded by new mechanic after new mechanic like I'm perfectly fine in a game with just like one to two or three core like mechanics or just like like one or one or two don't like introduce something three quarters of the way through the game that i'm going to use for like the 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 final boss this or, is or where i like i come out swinging and hard disagree with you alex because i can tell you right now I... final fantasy 16 is going to be like that final fantasy oh. 16 is going to be exactly like that because you're going to play the phoenix fight and you're going to be flying phoenix around as a third person or like a big space shooter thing and it's never going to happen again I, and you're going to get a so, tutorial for it <laughs> i agree i agree I, in some I don't ways think Alex? that's the same thing though because i don't think they're going to take you out of the experience into like a new menu to explain like all these little 
intricate minutia thing. There's going to be like a quick little pop up on the screen that shows you what button to okay, press. Okay, so you're not you're saying there's, the there's a degree of it, right? There's not yeah. because I, I was also about to throw out Xenoblade Chronicles games. Every single one of them does this. Every single one of them has mechanics that show up towards the end of the game. And will pop up and there'll be like a tutorial for how your new mechanic works and how this new thing functions. And that's great because now the game is more complex and I can do cool theory crafting things with new stuff. Uh, and I can swap mm -hmm. to new characters and whatnot. There's always fun things with that. But I do think, look, in Xenoblade 2, it was too much. They crossed the line. It was it was bad. They, they stepped, yeah. the foot went over the edge and the line that they were towing became a line that they had fully just stepped to the other side of. And it was no longer... And a s enjoyable experience, whereas I think one and three did not have that problem. And I'll say this too: this is more of a personal preference thing, and you guys may. But I would rather have tutorials, like, take up more of the game, but not have them all just crammed right in the beginning. But kind of um, introduce them in a slower way, so that you have time to get used to something before you move on to something mm -hmm. else. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. and, it, and that kind of depends on the length of the game and kind of that ratio of like how often am I seeing tutorials versus the length of the entire game. But I would much rather, much, much rather have things be nice and slow and give you time to, uh, to kind of figure things out before moving on to a new mechanic than just trying to teach you everything so I can just get to the game already. No, no, learning things and learning the, me the mechanics you're giving me is part of the game. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, it's, so make sure it, you're taking that time. The, the whole thing is a big it depends because there's good ways to yeah. do it and there's also really bad ways to do it. Like, I really like having, I mean, it, it's very strange how Forspoken is showing up in almost uh, every single <laughs> one of the so far. Um, wow. But, like, there's, there's just something about being at the final boss and uh like a like a like a three to six tab tutorial thing coming up on the screen like really yeah for the final boss do we need that because you haven't flown a dragon before and you're saving it to you the know, end? Maybe, like, maybe if just... i die and like i die like three yeah. times in a row you can give me this tutorial again but don't just yeah throw it at my don't, face. don't do that if you're gonna make me fly a dragon for the first time in the whole game for the last little bit to have a big cool thing just have like a like you you can you can have a mini tutorial in the boss fight where like this this phase where you first get the dragon is really easy because it wants you to learn how to fly the dragon. And do the, the thing that looks like Final screen. Fantasy sixteen is going to do, where you just have the buttons on the screen. You just show the buttons yeah. on the screen, yeah, and then make exactly. the controls intuitive, and you'll be fine. Um, yeah, I think kind of related to this, but not quite the same for me, is a thing that there was a big discussion about earlier this year. Of a lot of AAA games right now have had this problem of not having any trust in the player and mm -hmm. being like, oh, we don't trust you to do anything. Like a good example for me for me is God of War Ragnarok, which is a game that I'm having a great time with. But part of the reason that it's taken me so long to get through this game is just I get so frustrated at the amount of like puzzle solving for me that happens before I've even looked at the puzzle. Like, I think because I'm a player that likes to explore the areas I'm in more, I'll go in, like, when I finish a fight, I'll go walk around the arena and explore all the stuff, and then after I do that, as I'm, like, actually finally getting to the puzzle part that I'm supposed to do to get to the next session, Atreus will look at me and go, hey, shouldn't you shoot that rock? And I'll be like, oh my god, please stop. <laughs> I have See, not even looked at what this is yet. And it's just, and, it's and very here's... frustrating. Here's the funny thing with that, Ryan. I've seen clips of that, and I 
do fully acknowledge that's a thing. But also, as someone who also likes to actually spend time and explore the environment, that never happened to me. Like, legitimately. I, I've played through a good amount of that game. I haven't done all the side content, but I've done a fair amount. I've finished it. I, and it happened I, there, to me. There was never, in, there, it happened to me in story quests. It didn't happen when I was free roaming. Atreus never said a peep until I actually started engaging with the puzzle. Well, but my I suspicion also is that I had stepped too close to the puzzle and then continued moving around. That's my suspicion, because I, I tend to like go I around guess. the edges of the arena. So I'd I'll go look at like where the new path is, and then I'll turn around and go look at the other way so yeah. I know where to go back to. And I think that is what's triggering it, is I because I got close to it, it'll like do the thing. But I haven't actually like looked at it at all, and I haven't done anything with it. And I think that's a, a yeah, big that, issue. That and I weird. will say I believe they tuned it. I wanted, I don't know for sure that they did, but it hasn't felt as bad now that I'm getting out of the like first opening hours of the game. But you know, man, you know, uh, that and Horizon, like that's a big negative for Horizon, me for Horizon Forbidden West and the first game. I think the yeah, first game is not Horizon as bad, but you, you I don't need to look. West is really aggressive. You you don't need to look up a tutorial for the game ever because it'll it. She she never stops telling you what to do by but thinking also, out loud. Here's here's the thing uh, with that game specifically as well. The game has a clear enough language with its puzzles where she doesn't need to say anything. It's not like they have everything like poorly laid out and they have to have her explain it. No, they have a clear language, especially in the second game, with how puzzles are supposed to work, and you can completely figure it out on your own because they've done a good job at saying like, here's what you can interact with, here's what you can't, here's how you can com combine your different abilities together, and it was completely unnecessary. Same with uh, God of War. It's just very yeah. strange. That's exactly why I think this is such a problem of, like, if it wasn't so clear, I wouldn't have as much of an issue with it. But because it's already so clear, like, it just feels like you don't trust me to make a basic decision. And at that point, I'm like, well, yeah. I'll go make the basic decision to play a different game. <laughs> if, yeah, exactly. if I, <laughs> resident puzzle dumbass, can figure it out without the character saying anything, then you don't need them to say anything. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's also that's probably a big reason as to why I'm on this like survival horror kick right now is because those games don't don't do this. They're very anti doing exactly. this, and they're also a lot more obtuse. Like they are, they tend to have puzzle solutions and whatnot that are not easy to guess, and they don't give you hints, which makes it a lot more rewarding when you actually do get it right. If yeah. if Resident Evil Four, the original game, which has the most brain dead puzzles in the universe so much so that i think most people would struggle to even call them puzzles because it's literally just like oh this thing at the end of a straight hallway goes into the door that you had to pass to get to the end of the straight hallway okay go walk there and put it in if the, if that game had ashley being like hey leon you should put that rock you just found the thing that's shaped just like the rock isn't that crazy i'd put the rock in your head Nobody, nobody, which is why, nobody would have enjoyed Ashley the game. As does much. occasionally make comments like that in the remake, but they're so far spaced apart and like so rare. And generally, like it's when you pick up an item that you already will have known, like that's what you needed. There's no, you did the deduction already. Like you, as soon mm -hmm. as you saw it, the deduction was done. You're like that's the thing that goes on the lion head statue over there because it's the head of a lion. Like what else is gonna go there? And then yeah. she'll be like maybe that matches one of the statues or should we go take this back to the statue? And I think the thing that helps with that is she doesn't speak as if it's a puzzle. She speaks as if you've already solved it and know what you need to do with it because you probably have. I think that ha generally helps with the feeling of it. 
being more like a rewarding thing that happens rather than it feeling like someone's trying to manhandle you into doing the correct thing. Yeah. I like yeah. it's just ultimately I I already know exactly how stupid I am. I don't need the game to make me feel like I'm even dumber than I already am. And this even uh, even outside of puzzles, just like if I if I oh no, I, I I lost, I failed the thing, and this game that has a fail state, therefore it was kind of expected of you at some point. I don't need a oh like I, I, I started playing Forza Motorsport six and I lost the first race that I ended up losing. And British lady is just like you lost a race. Do you want me to hold up this menu and talk to you very slowly oh. as if I'm talking to my dog so that you can <laughs> go to the modification menu, change the difficulty of your drivatars, and jump off a fucking bridge? And they, I, I don't, I just stop, just shut up. I want to, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try it again and figure it out myself because literally the game consists of me holding down the right trigger and occasionally holding down the left trigger. I just had to figure out the right timing for it. It's a racing game. I could do it. It's making me more angry with grandma telling me that <laughs> I need to be given some hot cocoa yeah, and a blanket. Things in a racing game that I need tutorials for in Forza Motorsport are not the basic controls and difficulty selection. It's the how do you tune the car to make the car go Which good. There are no tutorials <laughs> for no tutorial for it. <laughs> Because they it's assume a... you're already a car person if you're playing these games. Exactly. I don't own a car. I'm a, I don't know. I'm not a car person in real life. I don't even have a I license! I'm <laughs> playing this game to live car. a fantasy! <laughs> but like, I bike so... everywhere. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, I'm making it a point to move to a place that is walkable because I don't like the idea of driving. Look, but like, yeah, I, I don't want to pay $400 for car insurance. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> it, it the thing is i i went to i went to the older game that was more straightforward because it's literally just it's just races you could just pick which races you want to go there's no driving between them or whatever that's the the difference between motorsport and horizon which is the open yeah. world like thing uh but motorsport also games handles were... more realistically it, it does have a more yes, realistic it's... tuning model yeah, it, which which is interesting because I I found a lot of the same exact qualms that I had with Horizon in Motorsport, which I was not expecting at all. And a lot of it comes down to like they start you off in Motorsport, at least Motorsport Six, with every single assistant turned on. And so I'm yeah. doing the first like five races, and I'm like, why does this feel so weird? And then I, I tried to go through a turn the wrong way, and it literally would not let me. And it broke oh. for me, and it started steering in the right way. And I was like, "What? This this, this feels like shit." I just won the last five races with <laughs> like like I, I just AI arted myself into the, oh. the art world. It feels like I just cheated. Th th that's the equivalent. It felt terrible. And the, the game didn't tell you like you should go to this menu and turn these off if you're having an easier time until like after like like three or five races or something it'll like, tell you okay. once you've won like three in a row it'll be like maybe you should consider turn tuning the difficulty but you have to like win yeah. like a bunch of things in a row and then it will finally do that pop-up and you might just skip it you might just hit the button and the pop-up goes away exactly so, yeah i also one which, thing which... i do actually like about forza's treatment of that of like i i don't i do agree with you i don't like it being the default that everything is like turned out i wish they yeah. showed you that screen at the start and would give you some selection choices but what I do like is they do actually incentivize you going to higher difficulties because you get yeah. more, like, in-game credits to, like, spend on your car stuff. 
by bumping the difficulty up. You'll earn like 20% extra every race, and that can really add up of like, you can pick and choose what things you want to get. Like maybe in Forza Horizon, I want to keep the rewind because I don't want to like have to redo the whole race if I make a mistake. But I do want the tuning to be a lot more realistic, so I'll tune everything to actually, like, I, I won't have ABS on the brakes, and I won't have steer locking, so my steering doesn't go crazy. Like, you can turn all that off, and so you get bonuses based on what you turn on and off, and it's a cool system. I, I do like that yeah. part of it. I just wish they, like, told you about it. Yeah. Because it has, it has the same effect where it's like, you're, you're pretending that I'm a little baby boy who's playing the first video game he's ever had in his entire life. When I'm sure that if, if I gave the controller to my dad and just told him that, all right, right trigger is your gas and left trigger is your brakes, he would probably be able to drive just fine because he he's a car person. He likes cars. He likes racing. It, he would just be able to pick it up because the game controls simply enough that a baby could do it. Um, not saying that my dad's a baby, obviously. But uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very the same thing in Horizon where it's just very hand-holdy, and I do not like games that are very hand-holdy. There's a degree where it's like if after you get like one, one hour of hand-holdy, and uh, after that, if I, if I screw up, I, I'm, I'm fine with it being on me because uh, you know what? I'm a mature human being, and this is a video game. So I'm not gonna get infuriated at it unless it's it's worth that much anger. Like I don't know, there's when when Elden Ring came out and there was n like no map markers at all almost. That was cool. That was great because it was like, where could I possibly go next? Everywhere's so cool. I don't have someone poking me. You should go over here. Like no, there's a mystical like trail of gold leading vaguely in that direction of that giant mountain that I was probably gonna go to anyway because it's a really big thing that I could go to. And, and then. And then your view of the, the Golden Trail is blocked by the fog, so you're incentivized to just wander. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it trails off and you can't see it after a while, so it's just a vague indication. Like, that's that's fine. Um, yeah, I wish more yeah, games cool that came it. out. Yeah. Um, I, I think I have more of a, of a stomach for it than, than you do, Brett. I, not that it doesn't bother me at all, because it definitely can, but I'm like, all right, I got it. I can just hit the button a bunch of times and get back to it. Not an excuse, mm -hmm. but I think I can just stomach it a bit more, you know, which which yeah. has its ups and its downs, for sure. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that, Wyatt. That, for me, is the difference of, like, the reason that I think the voice lines bit bothers me so much more than what Brett is talking about here is that I can't skip it. Like, there's not a thing yeah. that allows me to say I don't want this. And that's to be fair, if there was a, an option in the menu the first time I played the game, it's like, do you want hints? For puzzles and i could just turn it off and they're like okay turn it back on if you ever need it but it's off for now so we're not gonna do it so if you feel stuck feel free to turn it back on but we're, we're gonna leave it like this so you don't get those voice lines um that is something that i want so badly and i think that the other important part of that is like a lot of the games they just have an option to turn off the voice lines and they're like oh you can just turn that option off but i want the regular voice lines <laughs> I don't, I don't want i don't want the hint ones but i still want the character chatter and whatnot and like the other lines <laughs> So I think that's where that often falls apart. And I actually remember watching an interview with uh, one of the God of War Ragnarok directors after the game came out where he had said, like, yeah, we just didn't think about having an option for that. And so we don't know if it's going to happen because it's, it's just such an undertaking to get that to work. Damn. Because we just didn't think about it at the start. And, like, I think it's really good that they were honest about that. But at the same time, like, that's a thing that I think is How more was that of a big deal. How oversight? Yeah. yeah, like that is a thing that's a huge deal. Um, 
and yeah, I, I legitimately would be, am, am a little concerned that they didn't consider that at the start. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just, and it's, an and it's more shocking. Missed. And it's more shocking because the rest of the game is at such a high level of quality where clearly a lot of, you know, love and care went into yeah, it. There it's just were like, other things that in you two that I, I want to talk about at some point of like going through because there were, there were some where they were like, yeah, we often just didn't play the levels through like as devs. We just didn't do it because we were so busy uh. making the game. And I'm like, what? Are you insane? <laughs> I mean, again, kudos for honesty, but what the hell? That to me was yeah, a, a moment in that interview where I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that That's something you keep to yourself, man. We didn't need to know that. That's wait. insane. I mean, you know what? Uh, it's almost weirdly more impressive that the game turned out really well. If they're not even uh, playing yeah, all guess. their levels. Damn. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just really good, like, dev instinct right there, That's a lot of faith right in the QA department, but still, like... I was like did they think that's team, exclusively yeah. what QA is for? I, yeah, I oh. mean, this is that—that's a, a, a bizarre thing to have learned. Is that they just didn't really play the game, which, like, I could tell Nuts. you right now. I, again, I work on Diablo team. Uh, opinions are my own, but all the Diablo devs were super excited to play the, the beta and like get and actually play the game and play it with people. Like, there's a huge attitude at, at the studio of we want to play our own game, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. So I I was very surprised to learn that that wasn't the attitude. For yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> That's um, nuts. That is nuts. And yeah, maybe it's isolated. Maybe it was just this one person, but that is still a thing that, like, that's not a thing to admit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, yeah, the game came out great, so, hey, maybe their process works, but... <laughs> I, again, really I, I, I'm, almost, I'm almost like, damn, like, now the game is almost more impressive when they didn't test it, and it turned out as, like, one of the games of the year. <laughs> well, they didn't test it, but it's this case of like the people making the decisions that would need to know, like, do we need a slider for this voice lines thing? Did not play it enough to know that they needed a slider for the voice lines thing, which that is the concerning part, less so than like, I don't think that the idea is that they never played the game, but it's more that they didn't play it in a way that the players oh, yeah, would play I, it. I should have specified, like, like, without playing sections of your game, still. I mean, again, yeah. I'm almost like, you shouldn't do that, but also, uh, I'm really impressed. <laughs> Still, <laughs> I mean, good. It's, job. I'm impressed. I'm impressed how I didn't notice because there are so many games that come out where you play a section or you play a, like a multiplayer map, and you're like, okay, yeah, no dev tested this once. But if you can't pick up on that while playing the game, that is just some high level, just pure instinct. Like, Ask failed that's, successfully. That's the thing about game. That's the thing about game development, right? In all disciplines, a lot of it is like, yeah, a lot of we all went to college for it to some degree, and we learned a lot out of that. But man, so much about game development is just pure gut instinct, and that's yeah. where uh, you know player feedback or, or colleague feedback is really really important. But a lot of it is just like, I don't know. I think this works, and then just. See you, for yourself. That's what you do. You say, I think this works, and you have someone else look at it, and if they think they, they're like, oh, I, I think this will also work, then you're probably okay to, to prototype something. You know? That's, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, I, like I, I think maybe people take for granted how much gut instinct goes into all disciplines of, of game development. Because it, it, it is you know, just you like, learn the instinct. The instinct is not a thing that you have at the start. That's a thing you pick no, up over no, that's, throwing that's stuff true. at the wall repeatedly for years. <laughs> like, it's not a... 
Oh no no, it, that's don't very feel true. bad if you can't do it at the start. It'll come eventually. Is if you're right. starting into game development or something. Um, but it's not like it, the 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 obvious decision when you're working on something isn't always just like purely factual. It's just yeah. like based on what I know, I think this would be the this is the best course of action, and then just kind of going from there. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, we've gone through our controls. We've gone through tutorial stuff. Any other things? Um, I think for me, actually, something that I had happen recently is I was playing a little game called Chia that is the new Caledonia-inspired oh, nice. adventure game that is, uh, has come out onto PlayStation Plus. And yeah. I think that has taught me a new thing that makes me stop playing games, which is... Oh, no. Uh -oh, I no. think this game will still be for a lot of people. I think it's not for me. I think I've hit a point where I've realized it's not for me, which is, to me, it feels a lot like Breath of the Wild, except it's missing the thing to keep me going. Of like, I'm, I'm hitting a lot of points in it where I'm getting sent to do menial tasks, but there's not like a super fun way to do the task, which is kind mm. of what it feels like there should be. And I'm not sure if I'm going to unlock a fun way to do it later, and I'm just doing the basic version now, but it's not super fun at the moment. And, like, the side stuff is really fun. And, like, the playing the ukulele is, is very fun. But that doesn't do anything. And the things that I do have to do aren't very fun. And so I kind of stopped, which makes me sad. But at the same time, like, I, I did enjoy the, like, hours that I put into that game. It's just I, I don't think I'll ever finish it <laughs> at this point. There are, there are two things that I wanted to bring up. Um, one of them being, as a, as a narrative-focused guy... I, in terms of story, you you have to start strong, I, and I think that's just the I think that's just very true for most things. But like, yeah. at least for me to hook me into a story, you got to start with a bang. You know, I'm all for a more like casual, like more low key intro, but especially if it's an action game or something, just just start off with something nuts. You know? Yeah. Because even, um, even for a slow burn, you need the interest in the beginning to make the slow burn worth it. Mm -hmm. The beginning is being a set maybe, piece that blows up. I mean, yeah. think, about, think about some of the most <laughs> iconic movies of all time. I would say a good 90 to 95% of them start off with, a, with just a crazy intro that just mm. hooks you right away. And is oftentimes, in, in some cases, is like one of the best parts of the movie. I will always stand by the opening sequence of... Um, of uh, uh, a new hope is like one of my favorite scenes in a movie because it yeah. so yeah. perfectly sets everything up. It has this great action scene. It gets you introduced to the villains right away. It gets you introduced to one of our protagonists right away and her entire like role, her personality, and everything. And it just introduces you to the dynamic between the rebels and the empire instantly. And yeah, so much of sure. it is visual as well. Um, and so I did want to mention that. And the other thing I wanted to bring up as well is I, I feel like I, I feel like we all share this maybe to different degrees but I will sometimes play a game that I know isn't very good but if I see some really cool things in it and my brain kind of fills in the blanks of what this could have been that will kind of keep me playing just to just for that mental yeah I, I'd agree with that as long as the game has enough like flashes of inspiration that I'm still being able to fill in those blanks yeah. then I or just like, interesting mechanics or just I think so, I, I talked about this game recently on the podcast which was Spaceborn 2 of like 
just being a game that is super ambitious from a solo dev. And yeah, it's super janky. It's it's it just came out in early access, but enough of that game functions to the level that I what I am just stunned by that it's now like yeah, I've played a bunch of it and now it's sitting in my wait for updates folder and I'm just very happy to re- revisit it as early access is going on. Yeah. Cuz I'm like I mean there's enough flashes of brilliance there that I've had a great time with it even if it's like mechanically not necessarily a great game. <laughs> I mean, we brought up Biomutant earlier. I think that's a great example. I played a lot of that game. I don't think I ever actually finished the story, but I played a lot of Biomutant when it first came out because that game has so many interesting things going on, and it just mm-hmm. has so many cool mechanics and ideas and systems. It is not a very good video game. I want to make that perfectly clear, but my brain was going wild with what it could have been or like maybe what it can be with a sequel someday and it, it, my, my brain was like fully activated if for nothing else for that reason alone and mm. i feel the same way with something like i was just mentioning to you guys um one of the games i've been playing since my pc is down i've gotten back into battlefront 2 recently and again i'm not going to tell you that it's a very good first uh, uh multiplayer shooter um but man that First of all, Star Wars fan, there's tons of fan service. It, that hooks me in somewhat, at least for a little bit. But the battle point system is such a cool multiplayer shooter system. Where, like, it's two teams, you got your basic classes, and you do anything. You stick with your team. You, like, hold the objective for long enough. You, you know, do this this extra thing that that isn't killing an enemy. You're still getting points. And you can use those points in order to buy, like hero units, vehicles, special units, whatever. And it, it just, it's such an interesting, and I feel like it's my preferred system to something like uh, uh, like Killstreaks or something. I much prefer something yeah. like this. And yeah. I just think about, like, I'm playing it, and I'm, I'm still kind of having fun, but I'm like, man, another game with actual good map design and not janky controls. Ugh. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, and I have more fun with that. A, a lot of things are definitely like that, where it's like, I mean, this this is what what I'm about to say is the point where I would not engage with it, but I I know what you mean, where it's like I this is kind of bad, but it's enough cool is going on uh, that I'm I'm staying with it. But like otherwise, it's like, damn, it is a real shame that this really cool character or thing is just trapped in this god awful pile of garbage. Uh, which a lot of things can be described like that, which is very unfortunate. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I know exactly what you mean. I, uh, we were just I, talking about uh, the the Star Wars sequel trilogy, and I was like, I like Rey as a character. I like most of these characters. It's sad that they had to end up in Rise of Skywalker, but man, those are some good characters, yeah, some it's, decent it's really characters sad that their portrayed character by good arcs actors. were bullied and mistreated. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. we could have got or, something so much yes. better. Or just forgotten about. <laughs> Yeah, or yep. for fully forgotten about. Orphan. 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 Oh, he had uh, one really good arc in the first movie, and then they're like, oh, what do we do? I don't know. Got, like, a cool scene in each of the other movies, but very little else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess put on them for iceboxing a male character instead of a female one? I guess. <laughs> How progressive <laughs> we are nowadays. How progressive. Right. Uh, I, I uh, get into the uh, games. <laughs> Yeah, a, a a big thing for me um, is that I I 
often like to I, I i like me a good old difficult game a lot of the time because i think a lot of the the harder games have very cool concepts that draw me in the first place it just so happens that they also tend to be really difficult like something like a fromsoft game that have really creative uh premises and stuff and it just so happens that they're also hard as balls in ways that complement their premise uh, which is cool um but sometimes uh, i'll just be playing a game that's like pretty all right and then I just, you just hit a wall of difficulty, and it's like, well, I don't think this game is cool enough to warrant me continuing. And it sucks, because I, I, I've never been that kind of person to just, like, to not be able to get through the tutorial of Cuphead kind of drop a game, you know, where it's like, like I, you need to get me, like, for, for that to happen, I need to at least have been in the game for, like, six hours or something, because I, I need to have thought that it was cool, and, and keep going. Uh, uh, but at, at some point, there's just like a wall in certain games. I feel like this is a very big indie game thing, too, where just a, a wall of difficulty Ooh. happens where it's like, this wasn't properly tested, or they were expecting me to get here later, and because it's kind of open, I didn't, but the language wasn't there to tell me that I should have gone somewhere first. And it's just like, well, uh, I mean, this game was only like two megabytes anyway, but I'm getting, I, I need to make more space, so it's getting uninstalled. On on that indie game note, and I'm going to be bringing back a game that we've talked about a lot before from from the Game Pass things as a bad example. Um, and also, you know, on the opposite end of the thing that I said last time, when um, when literally nothing is explained or no effort is made to explain any of the controls or the mechanics in the game, especially if it has the balls to do some avant-garde control scheme where... Um, I, I don't know, instead of WASD to move, it, it's I, U, K, and J. What? Um, <laughs> not not that I, U, K, and J is, is, is an exact example. I'm just telling, just saying how... Oh, I, I thought you were talking about a specific game. I was like, what? Absolutely <laughs> okay. ridiculous some, some of the these movement and control schemes could be. Um, mm. But how, how non-guns 2 uh, didn't say a damn thing. Mm. No, it certainly tried, but it didn't. Yeah, I I feel like that that is one of those things where it's just like that all like all the things add up like instantly, and yeah. you you just play for a little bit and you realize it's not going to get any better. And and you very, feel very big shame. So sick of trying to like yank information from this game that it's not giving you. That okay, you you want to quit the game. And then when you go to quit yeah. the game, you you have to do a point and click puzzle. Luckily, to uninstall it is very simple. Alt tab and right click and close it because you couldn't figure out how to leave. And <laughs> the easiest thing in the whole game. Oh man, I I feel bad for non guns, but at the same time, you know some people like that game, and I'll leave it to them. Yeah. It's a, we, it has we have its fans. Clearly. We have forespoken now to constantly make fun of in its place. <laughs> yeah, we've so got other it, things. It, it can rest easy. It's, and yeah. and it's Fishlens UI. Yep. God. <laughs> what a decision. What a what a thing to have a team supposedly look at it and say this is okay. Like, uh, maybe their I mean, UI designer I mean, just wanna... constantly had a migraine and thought it looked normal. I mean, you want to you want to talk about a dev saying, "Yeah, we didn't test this at all. We just kind of put it in there." Uh, that UI, 
That makes see, far I'm, more sense. See, I'm horrified, though, that they did have a QA team and it made it past them. Or that's what it was fixed to after the fact. Who knows? Yeah, what, what is worse than that? <laughs> what were the previous versions of that? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're, we've talked about quite a lot. Anything else in this section of things, of, of things that will make you just tune out of a game that you've otherwise been enjoying? Nothing we haven't talked about before already, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. Uh, in that case, we're, we're pretty far in. We're going to go ahead and go to our Game Pass Games Club picks. Uh, we're doing it a bit different this month because Wyatt's computer troubles have made him indisposed for like two weeks and unable to finish the games. Well, in indefinite amount of time. I'm not really sure when this is yeah, Until it's resolved. Oh, boy. But we're... We're going to go ahead and announce the next round of Game Pass games. We're not going to do the round that we've been going through first, but we just want to have the next so that we can start playing them if we want to and, and have adequate time for them all and just have things picked out. Uh, and then we will talk about them in sequential order. You know, we're not going to do them all in one episode. It's just going to be we're, we're, talk, we're bringing the next month of games up now so that people yeah. who want to play along can play along. Uh, and then we can talk about it again once we do our Game Pass Games Club episode in the last four. But I want to go ahead and start. Who who has a pick that they feel super strongly about? They want everyone to play. I, I got a pick. Oh. Go ahead, Alex. Alex, Alex you were coming <laughs> I, out here screaming I've, first. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been thinking over which of these games to do for a while now. And the one that I'm picking for all of us to play against each other this time, no more cooperative games, is Guilty Gear Strive. Oh, based. Good pick. Mm. Good. Uh, I gotta play a fighting game? Oh, God. How do you think I feel? <laughs> oh, God. This game, why, you and I are gonna, you, you and I are gonna fight each other. I'm not gonna uh, go easy gonna on you We're gonna complain, all. we're gonna <laughs> no, complain the whole time. <laughs> I will say, the one fighting game I've ever been successfully good at was another Guilty Gear game. So oh, I sweet. think I have just just a, just a pinky toe up on you. Oh yeah, but we'll oh, see. Great. Oh, I'm great. very curious. We'll we'll have some fun with it. Strive is a great time. Uh, oh yeah. I'll go next. I'll go next. Um, I want to continue down the uh, uh, genre of genres of games that Wyatt doesn't typically pl play, but wants to use this um, series that we do as an excuse to expand my horizons. My next game is Broken Age. Broken Age. All right, good pick. Okay, I'm looking Brett, at that. Do you want to go next, or you want me to take it? Uh, Migo. Um, you go. So we're we're batting. Well, I'm batting. Uh, one for three with roguelikes that I've actually enjoyed playing from doing this because I don't <laughs> I don't no. enjoy roguelikes very much. Um, but Loop Hero has always looked really cool. Ah, um, very strange. Uh, I've watched some people play it that look very that that seem to enjoy it very much, uh, and it's it's pretty different from the other roguelikes we've we've tried in the past for this. So I, I let's give it a shot. I like the art style. That's just like we talked about. That's what's pulling me in because it looks cool. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I found a game that looks has been looking pretty interesting. Other people playing it have, have had some good opinions, and you know, I don't normally jump at Minecraft, but we're going to play Minecraft Legends. <laughs> it comes oh out in two oh. days. I almost did that. I, I almost oh. did that, actually. Yeah, that's, yeah. Why, that's why I wanted to go last, in case nobody else picked it. I wanted to, I want to make us play Minecraft Legends, because I think we need to understand 
this game <laughs> because trans- it seems see, like nobody does <laughs> and, that, and that's the best part ryan i was like if i don't pick minecraft legends i think ryan's going to. oh yeah you knew it uh, <laughs> it, was, it was either that or ninja guide 3 but i'm gonna wait ninja guide <laughs> 3 until it hurts the most <laughs> so, oh the, uh, no that was the other reason that i picked something else about it. that was the other reason i picked something else i was like now i'm gonna force ryan to pick Minecraft Legends so we don't have to play Ninja Guide 3. <laughs> and yep. mind games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm so well, smart. Well, in that case, we're through our Game Pass games. We've got these announced for next month. Uh, next time, we're going to be talking about a number of other games. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do shoutouts now. We've gone through our topic. We've, we've hit the points that we needed to hit. It's time to shout out things that you've enjoyed or not enjoyed or whatever. I got a shout out. rules. Uh... I got a shout out. I'm yeah. going to shout out, weirdly enough, an Instagram account that was uh, that someone brought to my attention not too long ago called mm-hmm. Sage Brandu. And essentially, they just make really cool looking fight choreography and they film it in a really good way where it's usually like one take or it's edited to look like one long take. And it's guys just Very duking cool. it out with swords and axes. And it's just really well choreographed, really well shot. Um, they've got some like fun, energetic music going on top to make it kind of. It just it's so well done. Uh, go check Probably it really out, especially. Reference. Oh, definitely, and it, check it out if you're like me and you're getting sick of the way Hollywood or typical Hollywood action movies films their horrible action scene. It's a nice break from the crappy million cuts and and super close ups, and you can't tell what the heck's going on. It's great. Yep. All right, who's next? Um, it's, it's one of the one of the people that would remember the things better than I do. Stop me if I've shouted out uh, this before. Um, but uh, I've I've been watching uh, a a show called Azumanga Daio over the past few weeks. This is classic internet uh, from from two thousand two. If if you've seen a, a stupid anime girl doing something. It's probably from the show. It's either Azumanga uh, <laughs> Daio or Nichijou, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And huh. it's it's this isn't like this isn't like humor that I've found anywhere else. This is literally the English dub has somebody transfer into a Tokyo school from Osaka. So to make them sound different, they just talk like this and it sounds like Chris Chan is in the show with all these <laughs> oh, normal voice dear. actors. Oh, God. It is no. Oh, Hilarious! Oh there's, no! There's, there's oh, a no. full like 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 three minute bit where this character is just like sitting in her chair and just like slowly looking from side to side with like sixty FPS like head turning animation and someone's like Osaka, what what the what the hell are you doing right now? And she's like, I'm trying to chase the little floaties you see on your eyes. And she just keeps slowly turning for the next like minute and a half. And it's like, this is, this is is the kind of, this is what I'm here for. This is exactly (laughs) Brett's comedy. So absurdly stupid. I love it. It's very funny. All right. Who's who's ready to get us out of this hellscape? (laughs) Uh, Shout out to however you pronounce the word acai. Because I've also like, seen it like pronounced. That. Yeah, I think, I think it, you yeah, just like that. You did it. But but I've also s- seen. I've also heard it pronounced as- asai, just without the 
Who cares? The point is, <laughs> if, if you if you pronounce it Akai, you're a narc, and you need to get out of here right yeah. now. <laughs> That's a keyboard company. That's not a Cyberry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun berry. It's just you, Ryan. What do you got? Why is, why is Wade in his name? No, why went huh? first? Why went? No, I went first. Oh my lord, I am eons so ago. Look, <laughs> there's a lot to keep track of with the show sometimes, and sometimes <laughs> I miss it. Uh, it all right, it's time. I have been. Th this comes with a story because I've been searching oh, for no. this game for so many years. Because I remembered playing oh. this as a child, and nobody else played it. I and I did not. I don't have a disc of this game anymore. I don't know what where it came from, I so I was searching the internet, and I was literally like doing the old man thing of looking up just kind of disconnected strings of words to figure out what <laughs> game this is, because I have such a vivid memory of it. And I was trying to find this for years, and like the, the just the description that I remembered is like, I remembered you had a little spaceship, and you would fly around like a, a dystopian city, and do like little missions, and you could go out on the third person, and so I was like for a while, I thought maybe it was Jack 2, maybe it was some other weird... PS2 game, I finally figured out what it is. It's called Scrapland. And Brett, this is gonna make you crazy. Scrapland right now. Scrapland Remastered came out last or two years ago on Steam. It's a remastered version of this game. The developer of Scrapland is apparently Mercury Steam. Which, if you don't know, oh. is the people behind Metroid Dread. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Ungodly. This is one of their old <laughs> school games. And Brett, this game is presented by American McGee. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> which, which not not mortally rest in peace, but industry wise rest in peace. Yeah, uh, he's he's he's. Look, I encourage everyone to look up American though. McGee's Scrapland. If you look this game up on YouTube, you can't find any like actual videos about it. You can find like long plays and whatnot, but there's not a single video of someone talking about this game because it was such a like cult thing that just never made it big. And it's even, like, the remaster on Steam from Mercury Steam, who you think is a developer that now carries some weight to their name. Like, yeah. it's got less than 100 reviews. <laughs> it's very few. Wow. Now, yeah, I this is a game that I gotta recommend to anyone. This game holds up. I've been playing the remaster, and bizarrely, it holds up really well. The whole shtick is you, like, have different robot forms you go into, and you can basically Lego game style. You have different abilities in your different robot forms, and you do different robot missions to try to find a human in the society who's been murdering robots. Because it's, it's robot society, and there's a human that's bad, and so you gotta go find them. Oh, your main character is also named Detritus, as in Detritus, but Detritus. <laughs> it's great. It's very early 2000s. Uh, it looks yeah. like it. This game is excellent. I'm having a great time. You can customize and like build your own spaceship that you fly around in. Uh, it, it actually is very functional. Hot tip, if you pick this up, switch the control method to the other one. Don't do the default. The default has some weird wonky controls where your left stick is moving. The right, the other one has the feel a lot more like a modern game with right stick looks and left stick does strafing. So, yeah, very good. Uh, wild that this game just kind of released into no, the remaster released to no acclaim whatsoever, and it just kind of exists here. Wait, when did the remaster come out? 2021. So, not oh, back. like recently. Yeah, it's yeah, a recent yeah. remaster. <laughs> McGee refers to himself no one's as a marketing it. tool. <laughs> yep. 
I mean, Ow. that's the thing with this game. So American McGee is not like the designer on it or anything. He's the executive producer, which is largely meant that he helped fund some of this game. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I, I would take that as uh, young me had good choice in video games. And the fact that I remembered this <laughs> and spent so long trying to hunt it down and finally found it buried deep in the Reddit comments of a thread that where I had Googled Xbox game with weird junk city and spaceships. <laughs> find it oh my god the quotes on the steam page they use from reviewers there is ign said it rivals world of warcraft for sheer personality because that's the era that this game came out of that's wow it gave it an 82 (laughs) trusted reviews said quite possibly the best game of its type since grand theft auto 3 (laughs) No up. <laughs> That's awesome. And it got a 100 from uh, Game Industry saying a visual feast and a stunning masterpiece. Yeah, heavily recommend picking wow. this up. Uh, Brett in particular, this is up your alley. <laughs> I will say, Ryan, oh my God. that would make Detritus that would make so cool. <laughs> I I I will say, Ryan, that would make. I can already think of like a great like video essay title for this. It's like the masterpiece. This, everyone, I am forgot. recording all of my gameplay. I'm like because like it's. <laughs> I need to do the justice of this game needs someone to have a video of it on YouTube. This one hundred uh, percent gives me the vibes of the robot robots movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's from that era, and I can't believe that there was very, so little other record of this game existing. Man, wild. All right. Well, that said, it's the end of the podcast. We did our thing. Tuesdays, seven p.m. Eastern time on the podcast platform of your choice. Find us pretty much everywhere. We're all around. We're on Twitch. We're on YouTube. We got some... There's a bonus episode about Hi-Fi Rush that went up. Go check that out. Uh, we played Wild Hearts and Brett and I died repeatedly. And then maybe... I don't know. Did we succeed? You'll have to watch the video to find out. Produced by American McGee. <laughs> <laughs>